Hello and welcome to another edition of the Standard Room Only Podcast. Yes, I'm your host, Ben Standing, and I cover the Washington Commanders for The Athletic, uh, which means, of course, I've been at a training camp all week checking out the Burgundy and Gold as they go through week two of training camp. I'm talking to you on Thursday morning. Sorry for the delay with the latest episode. Had some uh, minor technical and delays on my end here, but we're back, ready for a new episode. My guest today, the voice of the Washington Commanders, Bram Weinstein, also, of course, the host of the afternoon drive time show on uh, 6.30 a.m. Bram and I spoke after Wednesday's practice for a rundown of not just that day, but, but what's kind of happened all this week. We really bounced around to both sides of the ball, players um, that have stood out, the stars, the randoms, where we have some concerns. We got into where we're at with Carson Wentz, Curtis Samuel, and a bunch more. So we'll get to that in a moment here on the podcast. Uh, of course, you know the deal. If you have not subscribed already, definitely please do so. So you don't miss any future episodes. Uh, you can do that iTunes, Spotify, or if you're a subscriber to The Athletic, you can find the podcast on The Athletic app. Um, <clears throat> it's been an interesting time so far in training camp. And by interesting, I almost kind of mean not that interesting in, in the sense of, you know, not a, not, a, not a ton of drama so far in camp. You know, the Curtis Samuel uh, absence where he spent, meaning he was on the side field for th- three days. Not, or at least he was par- not participating in practice for three days, was on the side field working with the training staff for a couple. Yeah, it's been sort of, I guess, the biggest uh, situation over the last few days. And even that, I'm not saying it's not a big deal. I just don't, we, you know, until we're, we have a ways to go before we know for sure how big of a deal it is or it isn't. Uh, Bram and I talk about this some for sure, but he did participate in yesterday's practice, meaning Wednesday. He was um, active. He was a full participant. He caught passes, um, so, so some screens, some swing passes, things like that. Um, so he was involved, and, and that's the that's the difference between what's happening this time and what happened last year. Is at least he he's out there some. You know whether they have to nurse him all the way through the year. That will be the big question. But that's kind of been the big story so far. Uh, I think Carson Wentz has been a little more effective offensively the last couple of days, but simultaneously, whether it was by design or not, Washington's passing has been more underneath the last couple of days, less deep shots. Um, they are they are trying different different aspects of the team uh, on you know wh- whether it's it's personnel, but also the scheme uh, plays. So it is conceivable that they haven't actually sort of dialing it back. In terms of the type of throws that that the offense is making, at the same point, it sounds like Wentz hasn't thrown deep much over the. It's not that he hasn't thrown deep at all over these last couple of days. It just hasn't been as much, and with that, the efficiency has come up. He has been much better, in my view, when he is making, sort of taking the snap and making it sort of an immediate decision and moving from there. It's when he's been staying in the pocket, searching for someone where things have been a little more 
rocky. But it is still early. Uh, Bram and I, as I said, get into a bunch on Carson Wentz. Um, and um, we'll get to that in a moment. Um, if you want a, a deeper overview even than what we just uh, discussed, I did a position-by-position notebook over on The Athletic. Um, you can check that out. And, you know, one component that I got into that I'll discuss here for a second. Look, if you've been reading my reports or, or, or paying attention to kind of any of the news coming out of camp, you know, you've seen a lot of the defense that's been ahead of the offense today. And that's definitely been true. The defense has had some very dominant days. The offense, you know, has had some decent days. But it's been the highs are definitely on the defensive end. Um, <clears throat> it's been a little more even since the pads came on, which has been the last two practices. Ron Rivera talked about it today, about how, you know, <clears throat> because now the offense has pads, particularly on the line, the linemen can shoot back at their counterparts. They can attack the defensive linemen and not worry about, you know, injury, um, you know, how, where, they're, where they're hitting guys, um, things like, like that. And that has made... Um, a bit of a difference. And I just do, and I do think it's important to note because when the defensive line obviously is getting the edge on the offensive line, it makes life more complicated for Carson Wentz and the other quarterbacks. Uh, you know how you deal with with pressure is, of course, part of the job. But you know, so is hopefully getting a cleaner pocket and having time to look downfield. Wentz has had more of that the last couple of days, and it has been a better result. So you know, at least just want to mention that much for sure um at this point from an injury front i mentioned samuel well we're just going to imagine he's going to be in and out of practices uh throughout camp other than that james smith williams uh, dealing with a hip injury john bates a calf injury they are i guess the bigger names right now out i'm not counting of course chase young or logan thomas uh who will be out you know they're still on the pup list and will be out for the foreseeable future um you know chase young we've talked about it a a, a bit obviously we'll have to see when he's able to come back ron rivera has told us chase young will be out at least the first game of the year and the when when rivera gave us the explanation as to chase Young's situation he initially mentioned him starting the year on the pup list and then he sort of dialed that back but in his explanation he was saying that the pup list is six games which it used to be, but actually the new rules are it's four games. So he will not be, um, uh, you know, so, so even if he were to go in the pup, it would be uh, four. I, I, I'm sort of all over the place at this point with this. You know, in the, in the one sense, if he's hinting that it could be the pup list, the six in his view, then you know, we may not see Chase Young until October. Um, on the other hand, you know, I've heard a little that like, don't, he, you know, it's not... He could miss some games, but maybe it's only going to be in the two to three range. So we'll have to see. We still have a ways to go before they have to make that kind of determination. But either way, you know, we know that he's been out. And now James Smith-Williams hasn't practiced the last couple of days. So we're really getting a longer look at their defensive end depth. Casey Tuhill has been the one who's largely, I think, stepped in with the ones. Not surprising considering he started a chunk of last year when Chase Young and Montez Sweat were injured. Um, but it also means we get a longer look at the guys like F.A. Obata, Shaka Tony. I think, I feel like Bummy Routini has kind of stood out to me here and there, 
But either way, there's a, there's some defensive line depth inside and on the edge that this team's going to have to get a, a longer look at. They're doing that. Now, same thing with the back seven depth. Ron Rivera has has indicated he's, <laughs> that they're taking this week to really kind of get a, a, a final look at what they have at linebacker, cornerback, safety, before making some determinations. They did sign a, an undrafted free agent. Well, actually, let me rephrase that. They did sign a free agent cornerback yesterday um, <clears throat> w- with some prior NFL and USFL experience, but that's just more of a depth thing, uh, you know, like for training camp even. We'll see anything beyond that. Um, they lost Notre Dame linebacker Drew White to an ACL tear. He was one of the young linebackers um, undrafted that they were also taking a look at. Um, as we know, they have not been adding anybody from the veteran front on linebacker. I still feel like they will, but until they do, we'll, we'll, we'll see when that happens and to what degree of a veteran uh, or somebody with experience that they do add. Um, all right, um, so let's get to it. My conversation Oh, with Bram Weinstein, I'll get to that right now. One last thing, Thursday today, they are doing a very short practice. Basically, they're going to do a walkthrough in the morning rather than at night. So I don't think Thursday is going to have too much other than maybe there'll be some people who are not there. But on Friday, they will be at FedEx Field. So that'll be a fun one to get back to you guys on. Uh, You know, it'll be the same type of practice, but it'll be in a different setting. And, you know, just being in a different setting can change all perspective. Actually, before we get to my conversation with Bram, um, I realized earlier, I believe I said that the practice at the stadium was on Friday. It's actually on Saturday. Um, I'm talking to you right now. Uh, it's a, it, we just completed the walkthrough on Thursday. Nothing overly exciting to say about that, but it was the reminder that you know the they were just doing the, the shorter practice today um, after three days in a row, including the last couple of pads. Pads will be back on for the next two, including the stadium practice. Uh, we just talked to Ron Rivera. He's excited to see. That said, there'll be some live periods. Got to get guys uh, used to tackling, all that kind of good stuff. Um, nothing uh, nothing of note out of the practice today other than that James Smith-Williams uh, was out there with the for, with the first team. But again, it's a walkthrough. No, 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 nothing of note. So don't really know for sure whether uh, where he's at with his rehab. Did not see John Bates, but we'll see about that. Uh, okay, so here we go. My conversation with Bram Weinstein officially here on the Standard Groom Only podcast. All right, joining me here from the field in Ashburn, as promised, he is the voice of the Washington Commanders, Bram Weinstein. Is that is it, are we are you officially the voice? Is that like is it, do you get introduced that way when you go to places? I introduce myself that way. Yeah, you should. <laughs> well, you know, I mean, it is my job. I'm proud of it. So why not tout it a little bit? Hell, right? hell yeah. No, well, I mean, if both, I was the king of Maryland, I would say I'm the king of Maryland. <laughs> absolutely. No, both both of us grew up in here. Grew up here. We were talking the other day about how you know we're m- memories of being kids and being around the team in some capacity. So yeah, to have this. I know you've talked about this before, but to have this uh, opportunity. Yeah, hell yeah. You're the you're the voice of the team. Let's it's go. A privilege. I, I'm the third person to do this since 1979. It's a privilege. I don't take it for granted. Trust me. And it's literal dream come true stuff. So um, I'm proud of it. Obviously, I'm very proud of it. I mean, it's the position I always wanted to do, and I'm very lucky to be doing it. And I know that, you know, so but it's been a blast so far. And I'm looking forward to this year because I think this is the best team they've had since I started calling the game. So I'm, I'm hoping we were playing in mid-January. I mean, that, that is the thing. Like, we get some, some sort of loss sometimes. We, we, we're in the moment. You know, how is Carson Wentz doing? How is this guy? What's the with Curtis Samuel's injury? But just from a pure talent standpoint, they have 
you know, this is the year three under the under Rivera. They inherited a team that won three games. Obviously, things were not in a great spot, and not that they're perfect now, but there there is significantly more talent, particularly like at the, you see it at the skill positions. We obviously know about the defensive line. How it all comes together, that's to be determined. But, yeah, there's definitely more talent here, like you said, than since you kind of got on board. No doubt. I mean, um, I would say this is probably the best collection of skill position players they've had in years, like in totality. Um, assuming health, you know, but like in totality, um, this Jahan Dotson guy looks like a hit, you know, Cole Turner might be a real find. We'll see, you know, and then you've got guys that I think are on some level proven Gibson, definitely McLaurin. Um, you know, I think McKissick for whatever role he has, you know, I think these are reliable people here. I like their depth at their skill positions, everything else, you know, who's protecting the quarterback. I mean, that's a real question this week in particular, like, Chase Rooley is coming back. I would not describe, um, you know, replacing Brandon Sheriff as really replacing him, right? We don't really know who the starting offensive line is. Is that going to be a strength for them? I think that's a real open question. And then, you know, there's the giant overarching Wentz cloud that hangs over the whole thing. And until we see him play in this uniform in real games, I don't think we know what quarterback we have. And then defensively, I think, you know, you know, there's holes here. Like, clearly there's holes here. And they're hoping, I think, that some of these younger guys like Christian Holmes or Percy Butler step up and take roles because they're going to make the team, you know, but outside of that, like, there are holes here, but they have high-end talent that I, they're hoping they're going to lean on, and I just see kind of in totality, best team that Ron Rivera's had. I look at their schedule, and I don't see the murderers row of quarterbacks again, and I like the vibe here a little differently than last year. It's early, but I like the vibe, so I feel like, you know, why not think playoffs one way or the other, whether they win the division or end up as a wild card? Yeah, no, for, for sure. And, and just to go back, you mentioned the offensive line. Like, we're still only a week into this. It's obviously a long ways to go before we get to um, week one or even, you know, preseason starts next week. But it's starting to go long enough where you at least have to start to ask questions. Okay, what do certain groups look like? You mentioned the offensive line. We'll see when Chase Rullier comes back. He's now off the pup list, but he's not really been part of the team drills yet. Uh, Trey Turner, what is it now, five practices in a row? He's been out with a quad injury. And while there is some depth on the offensive line, hypothetically, it's uh, there are some cracks showing there. By the way, there's still also no Tyler Larson, who was the backup center a year ago. So that's and Cornelius Lucas also still sidelined with this. Not uh, here, we don't know. Well, he, he's with, with with an illness. He's on the not football illness list. So that's missing four of your top nine. Yep. And two again, obviously, it's a they could all be ready for week one. We'll see. But in terms of right now, when you're trying to evaluate Wentz, I have to remind myself sometimes that he's going up against, a, they're going up against a defensive line that's really good. No Chase Young, but really good. And they're having random guys having to play, you know, guard, yeah. center. I mean, West Whitecher's good, but like you get to the second unit too and so on. So there's, it is hard to gauge sometimes the offense when the offensive line is not all there. I mean, honestly, well, outside of Wentz, and I think there's a reasonable concern about his accuracy off of the last couple of years and what it was it going to be here. Like when he comes here, um, I think the biggest open question on the team is the offensive line, and it was from the get-go. Like, when Sheriff didn't resign and left, and then they could not work something out with Eric Flowers, suddenly they're revamping the entire middle of their offensive line without even knowing if Chase Rooley is going to play. And then I saw him do an interview with you guys, and he said something to the effect of, you know, his ankle may never really be the same. Right. He described it having, like, new hardware in his ankle, and yeah. he'll probably never feel normal again. Right. So can he be the player he was pre-injury? I guess we'll have to see. Larson's not here. Just watch practice. There are multiple people playing different positions constantly. They're rotating an offensive line right now. So the idea that they're going to have a cohesive unit, right now that's not happening, right? Uh, 
Wes Schweitzer was playing center in the spring. He's been playing center here. He's now playing guard because Turner's not here. I believe he's going to end up being a starter, probably at right guard. But I'm hoping it's not out of necessity. It's because he won a job. Because like what we're talking about right now is they barely put pads on. They have multiple injuries. They're rotating people. And I'm not sure their starting five was set to start with. So I do think that that is a humongous open question. And I know there's this like belief in Matsko thing that like, well, he just gets it done. And he did. He had four centers last year and they still were semi-effective. So I'll give him credit and I'll buy into that. Um, but you can't sell me that the group that they're putting out there is as good talent-wise as the group last year. And if they do perform on the same level, just be above average, you know, they're not going to be great with this group, but above average, then they're the biggest bargain in football because what offensive line gets paid this if they end up actually doing the job for them right i mean they may be a solid group i mean let's be realistic while we all grew up on the hogs and we feel like people of our age feel like we're maybe offensive line aficionados realistically nobody knows what's going on there so when we say when people say in masco we trust it's sort of like okay we don't really know the gap between i mean brandon sheriff is a five-time pro bowler and the backup and then like all the other guys uh so it's like yeah, they're solid by the numbers. Sure, they're pretty solid, but there's no stars here. For the first time since Trent Williams Correct. arrived, they don't have a legit like all-pro type guy. Correct. We'll see if Sam Cosme develops into something, you know, a, 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 a breakout starter. But he's like the one guy with potential. But we'll see. It's it's a solid group. They're if nothing else, the depth is being tested. So they're they're getting a longer look at guys like Schweitzer in different spots, Sadiq Charles in the different spots, a guy like Chris Paul, yeah. flipping him at guard and tackle. So they are getting a look there. Um, so we just got done with practice. I, I, this was kind of a quiet practice today. I felt like it wasn't really one of the ones where there wasn't as much happening here. The offense was throwing a lot of screen passes. There uh, wasn't a lot going on there. But Curtis Samuel did participate after three days on the side or limited. Uh, he did stuff. He caught a couple of uh, swing passes, screen passes, things like that. We'll take it. I, I mean, I, I'm, I'm sort of tired of the side field bit that we all have to keep talking about, but at least he was out there. But where, where are you at on that? Because to me, like, that's a huge story about how much are they going to have to nurse him through this camp? And then, all you know, what does that mean for the season? I am clearly confused. Like, last year, um, I think one of the issues that Ron ran into in communicating what was going on was, you know, he and it's not that they're going to tell us everybody's medical problems, but... I wouldn't describe as what happened a year ago as being transparent about what was happening because as the weeks were going on, you're sitting there going, I, you, your words need to match the actions and they're just not happening. Like the guy's not playing or he's not available. You're not really telling us why you're not giving, you know, and I get it. Like all that sensitive information this year is wholly confusing because he's reiterating over and over and over. It has nothing to do with last year's injury, but it's something, right? It's something. And I certainly am, like, when I see him in pads and running around, I'm like, it's sigh of relief. And then I'm fully expecting tomorrow he won't be practicing because that's what is being communicated to me, but in a very vague way, right? Like, do you understand what's going on here? No. I really don't. No, they're, they're yeah. talking about what Ron is saying he's excited because they have a plan, but, like, the plan is somewhat incoherent, especially when it's, at least he did give us the other day that there's, Samuel mentioned some sore hamstring and a sore lower back, so that is some specific body part to, to point to. But when he talks about the lack of football conditioning, okay, first of all, I would imagine that everybody entered camp with a lack of football conditioning. You only get football conditioning playing football. Correct. Fine. But then 
we're a few days in and he's already sort of out on the side dealing with this thing. Everybody else is, you know, there are a couple guys who are hurt. John Bates has still been on the side of the calf injury. James Smith William with a hip. Okay, whatever these things happen. But that is a very unique and specific thing. And yes. I, I made the sports car analogy the other day, and it feels like that's where we're at. That when it, when it's revved up and ready to go, it's a fun ride. But too often you have to you have to put it in the shop. You have to be very cautious with it. Even if one piece of uh, gravel or, or sand in the engine can screw the whole thing up. And it feels like that's where we're at. That's what makes it confusing. That's why I think the communication here is key. Like when we went through what we went through last year, you know, and the coach isn't going to tell you everything that's going on, but. I don't think we got a lot of information about what was happening, and that's why it just kept coming up over and over, and people were asking very, almost like, what is happening here type questions. Why can't you just answer what's happening here, you know? And in this case, it's early, and I don't want to, you know, jump to conclusions, and I will hear them out on they have this plan, but we don't know what that is. And when he says it's a plan, trust us, well, on this particular player, it's going to be hard. On everybody else... I don't think you, we would be talking about this. If he said William Jackson, you know, for example, is on a plan, he's going to miss some practices here, we wouldn't bat an eye at it. Because, But because of what Samuel went through last year, I think we're all kind of, you know, side-eyed looking at them going, wait a minute, you know, like, wh- what is happening? And why can't you clearly communicate what is happening right now? Right. And look, he doesn't like a lot of coaches don't like talking about injuries. Ron is no different in that regard. They also had a plan with Antonio Gibson. And while it was odd the first day or two that he was on the side, you see a progression to this point. He's now been back out here the last couple of days, putting in some, some good work. That makes a little more sense just from well, that perspective. point with that, like when they said he's not practicing, it's a hamstring that lingered from the spring and we're just going to take it slow with him. Okay, nobody asked him a follow-up question. Four days later, he was practicing. Issue solved. Right. <laughs> this one is the hanging chat of all hanging chats. <laughs> like, they just, nobody will give you a clear answer as to what's going on here. But, look, the proof is in actions. He practiced today. So, Rivera said he would. He did, you know. Yeah. I mean, at least compared to last year, we are seeing him some. He, when he's been on the field, um, you know, he's looked pretty good. So, we'll see how that uh progresses speaking of looking good you mentioned Jahan Dodson I think he's been a guy that stood out once again for me throughout these camps Kendall Fuller we've all been to talking about how he's probably been the sort of certainly the MVP of the first week of camp yeah. and it arguably has been do we hand throughout. that out is that an award we actually oh hand out? absolutely MVP of first week of camp absolutely <laughs> look you know people like award shows come on um uh, we mentioned Cole Turner. He, he's definitely been another guy that, that, that stood out. How about for you? Is there anybody that's kind of just uh, caught your eye, a starter, backup, or anybody like that? Uh, so, I, you know, like, because I think there's – this is, like, nerd stuff now. Because, like, because there are going to be young guys that make the team on defense, especially, specifically in the secondary, I'm watching Percy Butler pretty closely. I'm watching Christian Holmes pretty closely. Um, I think these are two, you know, mid- to late-round pick rookies that have a real legitimate shot not only to make the team but to play um butler definitively on special teams and potentially more because he's going to be the fastest guy on the defense question is does he get it can he make an impact and if he does you'll notice they haven't brought in another veteran you know in that back end and with holmes i you know this is my rudimentary look of practice and watching it but he looks pretty good to me for a seventh round pick and it's another guy that like that's another spot depth at those positions (laughs) That's where young guys are going to make this team outside of tight end where they have no veterans. But like in the if you're looking for a competitive spot, there are going to be a couple of names that will surprise you through camp. And those are the two that are kind of of the rookies that are out there that have stood out to me so far. Yeah, I mean, I think Christian Holmes is a pretty solid, but it is it ultimately does come down to for me. 
game one, game two, whatever it is, you need a fourth cornerback. Okay, you have Fuller, you have Jackson, you have Benjamin St. Juice, and, you know, even with him, you know, whatever. I'll give him the, ben- the benefit of the doubt last year because of the concussions, but it was a little slow start, whatever. Uh, who's David the fo- Johnson safe right now? Uh, right. Based based on what's happening right now, he's safe in my opinion. Yeah, I would agree. But like, and I like Danny Johnson. But like, he was a guy who didn't even play one defensive snap in 2020. Mm-hmm. Then last year only came in because of the uh, injuries, and he and he held up. But like, my point is like, who's sort of the fourth guy? And you're yeah. looking at a seventh rounder and Christian Holmes. Cornelder's been around the league for a little bit, but you know, I don't think anybody's viewing him as a as as a main guy. So that is the question, I think. For there, and then the linebacker. Like I think safety, they have some good depth. Linebacker is the one I've been. I, I can't stop talking about this. What are they doing beyond sort of the top four guys? Um, and and that's and David Mayo I think has looked pretty good so far yeah. in camp. Um, but what goes after that? And that's where R- Rivera has talked about. He wants to go through like this week to see do they need to add more. And I think that's going to be interesting to see. Well, if I they think do. they're going to. It's probably just my gut is they're waiting for someone surprising to get cut. Like a name of someone that is unexpected. This happens every year. Someone unexpectedly gets cut. Otherwise, like I've seen a couple of name linebackers. If you're just looking for a name linebacker, like Quan Alexander or something like that, just go off the board all of a sudden. So they're not in a rush, but I'm convinced they're going to get somebody. And if for no other reason, not as an indictment of Cole Holcomb, but they need depth. They're thin. I mean, they're really thin at the position. And, you know, on the back end, I'm hoping that a couple of these young guys hit like Cam Curl did, you know, a couple of years ago. And at linebacker, it's clear there is no young Cam Curl coming up. They got to go get somebody to bridge a gap. I'm surprised it hasn't happened yet, but clearly it's going to. It's just a matter of who. Yeah, I mean, I think they're hoping guys like Milo Eifler, who was like around the team at the end of last year, that like, you know, with being around the team more, can he show them enough to to warrant being the fifth guy with, without having to do anything else? But yeah, right now, I think it's a. I've said this before. It's a buyer's market in free agency. They're telling, from what I gather, they're telling some free agents, we're all for the minimum. If you're in, great. But otherwise, we'll wait. And the, and the vets are having to wait. And I, for the vets, they're like, I don't want to go through training camp. Right. So we're gonna wait. And we'll see where happens. And like you said, other guys could get could get released or injuries will happen. Whatever. Um, one thing that's fun doing all this is watching the random guys. And finding the guy that you could point to and say, "Oh yeah, that guy. I like that guy. I don't know if he'll make the team, but I just like that guy." Uh, I, I've been sort of going with Josh Drayden, the the cornerback from, uh-huh. from from Cal, especially at a position where, yeah, like we just said, it's a little un, un, uncertain what's going to happen. How, how about for you? Uh, what's his first name? Stribling. He's another defensive back. I think it's because he puts a lot of flair on his body, so I notice him all the time. He's always like wrapping up his arms with like tape and stuff like that. Um, so he's like he's flashed to me a little bit. Um, I'm very curious, obviously, about Brian Robinson because I just want, what role does he play here? He's going to play a role. The question is what role because it's odd, you know, really odd. Um, you know, all of a sudden you'll get people whispering in your ear, you know McKissick can run between the tackles. And I'm like, well, what? well not everybody has to do that. You know, like, what, what's happening here? So those are the guys, I think, for me. And then, you know, Chris Paul's a late pick. Clearly he's going to get opportunities because of what's going on in the line right now. And clearly they, they need to catch some I would call it luck you know in the depth like I agree they have depth again I don't think they have the same level of frontline starters i.e. now a couple of these guys who are just in there Sadiq Charles or Chris Paul or people like that are going to have to step up because they're going to play you know at some point they're going to play and I think that's necessary um and I just you know a couple guys like Terry McLaurin I feel like I haven't talked about him at all I feel like he's kind of had a quiet camp I'm not yeah, right. I mean, and, and and this what's interesting about that is he's had a couple drops, but okay. But is that 
I want to close up with Carson Wentz. Like, how much of that? He's obviously typically out there with Wentz. Wentz's inaccuracy issues has been pretty obvious here so far. But it is early in camp. I'm not saying that's how the season's going to be a mess. But th- that's what like, I was thinking. Like, boy, I haven't seen much out of Terry. He hasn't yeah. had, like, a signature play or two or whatever. And then I'm thinking, well, the quarterback is still trying to figure some things out. Where have you been kind of at with if you want to say the passing game overall, but with Wentz now that you've watched him for a week or so. So, like, on McLaurin, I would just say, like, of all people I'm not worried about, I'm not worried about him. Absolutely. Right? Right. So, like, I, that's why I don't think anyone's writing, like, what happened to the guy who got $71 million? Why is he a disappearing act? Like, I think we all know when push comes to shove, they better be, if they're not throwing the ball his way week one, we're going to be writing, why in the world are you not throwing the ball to your best receiver, right? So I'm not really worried about him at this point. With Wentz, you know, what I've seen in practice is exactly what I saw in Indianapolis when I watched all their games last year. And it's, you know, it's not just general inaccuracy. It's it's a lack of being precise. And I think what really, you know, and I know they're downplaying this hard right now. And I will take them at face value that they know more than I do, right? And they're, they're claiming they're not worried about this. But his throws are a foot off here, a foot off there. It means a receiver's going to not be in stride. It means there's going to be tip passes. It means there's going to get guys getting blown up. Like, I know what that means. You know, like, the margin for error in this league is so small. And he's throwing it against air right now. And that's the part that really bothers me. But I will hear out anybody that says, what did you expect? He's never played with this team before. It's a new offense. They're shuffling an offensive line. The D-line's eating their lunch, you know, and they're trying to get them to back off a little bit. And... It's just give him a little bit of time, and I want to be I want to be fair to him because I just don't think like seeing the wayward passes that we saw in the first week is an indictment of they made a mistake. Like I just don't want to go anywhere near that at this point. So I'm willing to like hear it out. And then you know secondarily, like it's weird. Like if, if you watch the first week of practice because he hits all these big ones, specifically like Dotson, it's almost like. Are we in line for a guy who's going to have a low completion percentage, but a couple of huge hits, like home runs? Like, is he a home run hitter? And can we live with that, if that's what it's going to be? So I think it's too early to render a big judgment. But I do think it is fair to say, you know, you're not seeing the accuracy that you're accustomed to from a franchise quarterback in drills. And maybe that will change when he gets accustomed to everybody, gets accustomed to the offense, and I really hope it does. But I just don't want to sit here and pretend that my eyes are lying to me. I just think that that's, that's not the way to go about talking about this to the public, frankly. Like, I, I'm not going to sit here and say he's looked like an all-world quarterback. He hasn't. But it's been practice. So we'll see. I don't know where you are on it. But that's where I kind of landed on it. No, no, no. I'm, I'm, I'm with you. Like, I mean, the way I equate it, you're right. Look, this is, you know, there's no running game here. The defense can doesn't have to play action. is not a real thing here because there's not a, there's no real running game to go to. There's, you know, you mentioned the offensive line. All, all that is true. And it is a lot of experimenting to a certain degree. You're just trying different things. That said, it is like watching a guy, an NBA player you think is a good shooter, just missing free throw after free throw. Yes. And you're just like, well, wait a minute. And at some point, you actually have to make the shot. And it'd be one thing if it's the it's an incompletion, but the ball is there and, and just the defender made a good play. The, we're talking about throws that are high, wide, low, it kind of all over the place. And that's why it is a little bit concerning, especially when the issues before were inaccuracy. 
at the same point, you mentioned the big throws down the field. When he's been accurate, that's what you, that's what he's going to give the element to this team. The ability to get the ball down the yeah. field, pick up big yards that they haven't had in recent years. Um, so we'll see. But, yeah, it's, 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 it's not been an auspicious start. No, it hasn't. We'll see. And, and the last thing I'll just say about Wentz at this point, like, after watching all the Colts games pretty closely last year, where I landed on him here was, you know, is there an issue with confidence, right? Like, because... It's not like clearly he has all the intangibles. Like clearly he's a high-level athlete. Clearly he's an upgrade from what they've had. He can do things that, outside of Dwayne Haskins with the arm strength, um, he can do things here that there haven't been many quarterbacks here in a while that can do. So like, it's there if it clicks for him and kind of reverts back to that confident quarterback that we saw light us up, you know, four or five years ago all the time. So there's a part of me that feels like there's there's a confidence build. And where I landed on watching him was. And, and Indianapolis's offensive line was really bad last year, to be fair to him. But, like, on slow-developing plays where he's making decisions, this is where things got wonky. And I mean bad wonky. Like, he's doing Mahomesy-like things. He's loose with the ball. You know, he's a good athlete. He takes off. He's very loose. He's losing the ball. Some of his decisions throwing the ball downfield, you know, yeah, he's got the arm strike, but he doesn't know where it's going. It's going into double coverage. Like, it's just it's a mistake waiting to happen. But... If you watch him on all of the pre-snap stuff, and this is why you know he doesn't need a homework clause, like, you watch him, the three-step drops, the quick decisions, knowing what he's going to do when he goes up to the line, excellent. Like, world-class excellent. He's got this arm strength to hit, hit people in stride if it's on target. So, for me, I landed on what I would do if I was Scott Turner is I'd try to get build up his confidence. And the easy way to do that is take advantage of what he's really, really good at right now. Like, he's great in this intermediate, quick decision, three-step drop, you know, ball fake, get the ball out of his hands fast. And he's got the type of wide receivers that might help him out if he catches them in space. McLaurin, Samuel, Dotson, Gibson, McKissick, all of them can make plays. So can they dial something up that makes it easy on him to get it into people and then get some confidence, build on that, and then open the playbook up? Because from what I've seen the last couple of years, this idea that they're just going to open everything up, I think is potentially going to not have a good outcome you know and that's i'd like to see him build his confidence up and and see if we can make him into that quarterback that he was a few years ago again uh, of course, you can listen to Bram um, weekdays, 6.30 afternoon drive, the voice of the commanders. We already said, is there one guy whose name you're excited to say? You just like saying the guy's name when you get when you guys are uh, broadcasting a preseason game against Carolina? Oh, preseason game? Oh, whatever. Well, you know, because we, well, we got the full roster here. Oh, boy. Um, I do want to see this 6-7 quarterback play, so I'm <laughs> interested to see what that looks like in a real game. Cole Turner? Yeah, see but that's Cole not a Kelly. Cole Kelly, Kelly I mean, sorry, but that's not a fun Kelly. name to say. Is no. there is there a name out there like you really uh, who like? Do we have F A Obata could be fun. I don't know. F A Obata could be a good one. We don't have a lot of we don't have a lot of great names on this team. This I was, is not an all name team. This is what I always used to like to ask Steve Buckhans, like you know, because the NBA you got some exotic names out there. Mm. I'll, uh, I'll look at Carolina's roster, and I'll let you know if there's one that pops up there for next week. All right, let me know. Bram, appreciate it, man, as always. We'll talk soon. Yep, thanks.